I've always wondered what makes me me. Is it my hair, my eyes, or my personality? Is it the way I laugh or talk or smile? Is it the way I dress with my own flair and style? I came across the answer while making art one day. It's the way I do things in my own special way. The thing I think that makes me me is how I express my creativity. Art was never my favorite class. Why should I follow their set dreams and tasks? Instead, I always followed me, and that's what defines my personality. Welcome again to another episode of the Play and Art Podcast. We're sitting around the red kitchen table, and before we got started today, we were speaking to my mother, who um, does a lot of sewing. She's got her own sewing room downstairs and does a lot sweatshop. of... Sweatshop. Sweatshop is what the kids call it. The grandkids call it sweatshop. <laughs> but she does a lot of wonderful, um, wonderful creations, and one of the things she was talking to us about is kind of having this artist block that she's been going through where... Um, and I think we all have faced that sometime in our life, right? Um, where it's hard for her to, to go downstairs right now and, and create. She's kind of stuck. Um, so we were, we were talking about, uh, before we opened the podcast with her, about kind of being stuck. And um, one of the, the reasons we felt she was stuck is that she's gotten to the point where she's adding text onto her work. And she's buying stencils and stenciling these words. And it's just, I think, very hard for her to, to keep going in this very confined space that the stencil, the stencil gives her. So, yeah, Although, although mm-hmm. children um, very early on love tracing, they love copying, and... Um, it's very much part of the artwork. When I went to school in Vienna, it was something that was literally outlawed. It was not to be done. This was not art, and that was made very clear to us. You know, the copying or the stencils. The copying, though. Both. And Both. Okay. The stencils were considered a form of copying. Uh, tracing paper. Um, uh, in those days, when you had typewriters, carbon paper, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anything like that was considered copying, and art is not copy. So they, they laid down the laws about art, which obviously they made up, but <laughs> <laughs> without questions, and you had to follow it. But kids love that. And um, some of your drawing, for example, was always my favorite drawing because you came home with your first tiny violin. You were playing Suzuki violin as four or five years old. And you came home with your violin and you loved your first violin and you decided to make a tracing of it. Oh. And... um, but then, of course, the tracing turned into this beautiful violin that you, uh, I think it was painted or colored. Um, it, 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 was, it was a great artwork. Um, and kids love, I love collecting stencils, my boxes of antique stencils. 
because they're beautiful art forms in themselves. But I've never been able to really successfully transplant that. I share it in class, but never really inspired many people with the stencil idea in a way that they used it playfully, freely, with, with interest. You know, that box of stencils, I remember, and they were more stencils that were used, I think, for architects and things like this. It was a very different graphic designers, very different types of shapes and squiggly lines and everything. But I remember very clearly as a kid that box of stencils in your classroom and how much I loved yes. um, all the different green stencils and all kinds of, yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know how much I used it, but I loved seeing all the different possibilities of, you know, in those there was all these different lines and dots and shapes and all kinds of things. They weren't the stencils of, uh, of even letters or anything like that. It was just different I, marks. I recommend highly the stencils if you're going to a, a bookstore, college bookstore, the stencils for um, uh, chemists. Yes, that's right. Um, yeah. Engineering department. Yes. And, you know, they're separated uh, mm -hmm. with their supplies. Everyone has their own stencils. <laughs> yes. So... In those those two areas always uh, uh, were on my shopping list. You know, I always um, got attached to some of them. But then bringing it home and how to play with them. Yes. And that's a, a, a larger question in art. You know, how do you play or how do you box yourself in? And it starts with coloring books. Some kids are amazing that some of the coloring books should be framed because they will freely color the line, ignore the line, um, go and, and jump and spring from, from area to area. Um, they use the... Others will be methodical about it and they get very upset if they miss the line. So it's the same thing with, with a lot of things in school. Body tracing, for example, a favorite of children. They love to trace their bodies, but you will have some children who will just color it in as it, a coloring book, and others who will use it freely and playfully, and it becomes um, an invisible person. It becomes a, uh, you know something magical that they invented. Yeah, I think so much of that comes from our own our own childhood and the experiences we have because one of the first things we do as, as young kids is we as you know parents buy coloring books so depending on how the parent interacts with the kids and the coloring books it kind of changes your your feelings towards it i have a very vivid memory as a kid going to this preschool probably only for about two weeks it was a very short amount of time um, but I remember them commenting on the fact that I was coloring outside the lines. It's probably the only memory I have from that preschool, mind you. But I remember them getting very angry at me for coloring outside the lines. And me thinking, well, I can do that at home. Like, my parents don't have a problem with that. Um, but it's a, you know, it definitely shaped the way that I, I mean, we didn't have coloring books at home, mind you. But it definitely shaped the way I thought about coloring books. Um, because I remember getting reprimanded for coloring outside the lines. And I think that's important, you know, that conversation, if it's had with kids a few times, you know, they, they start to internalize it. In adult minds, it's uh, a sign of intelligence, mm -hmm. a sign of having skill at a certain age that you're supposed to have. Yes, and eye coordination. <laughs> the coordination that is being measured. 
Oh. So um, it's 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 not an approved practice to uh, go outside the line or to uh, to see it, uh, as a barbed wire fence. You know, I come from a country where we're fenced in with barbed wires. So for me, it was incredibly um, um, wonderful in an American art class to be able to go out of lines. Yeah. And yeah, uh, and I, I purposely I remember building these cages for myself where I can go out of the line. And even my first figure drawing class in college, I remember when I started, when I dared to go outside of the figure that we sketched, in and out, in and out, weaving uh, my own colors and lines through <laughs> um, uh, the the drawings. And that changed everything for me. Yeah. Yeah, I think now also with adult coloring books, it's, it's kind of bringing some of this control back in some weird ways. Um, you don't know, it's just such a resurgence of the, of the adult coloring book. Uh, one of my favorite coloring books um, is the anti-coloring book. I think yes. they're still around somewhere. Um, but it's, there's different versions of it out there. But, I mean, it is something to, to always think about, this idea of... Um, but they still want you to color in there, except they give you their own themes to Yes, theme-based, exactly. So it's, it's still... Oh, for sure, the yeah. The steering wheel is still there. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. from another episode. Exactly. <laughs> We're just going to continue driving through. <laughs> uh, but... Um, uh, the um, idea of, of uh, pre-drawing some stick goods will not start without a pencil and 15 erasers in their hands. Mm -hmm. And um, then they will use color or paint or make decisions on these two-dimensional works. But the safety of, of that outline, you know, that is, is crucial to many kids, especially in middle school. Well, it's interesting because I teach an introduction uh, 2D design class at the college level, and there's many students who have not really used color, um, and they're very scared of color, and they'll actually create almost, um, you know, a coloring book outline for themselves, and then try to color in the, the outline, you know, very much like they do, like they teach art in England or India, they, you know, they do that same idea of the black outline, um, a lot of times it's afterwards, but... Um, it kind of creates that space for them, yes. that coloring book space that, that they've created. <laughs> that safe space. Yeah, yeah. Um, in body tracings, which kids love to do, they, you know, the uh, ability to move away so much from the body tracing, perhaps to tracing your nose or your ankles or your knees, you know, or your ears. That's a tough one. There you go. <laughs> or, or using just very uh, simple colors, or white chalk, or erasable light pencils, you know, the, mm -hmm. the, the 2B pencils or the H pencils, you know, we can easily yeah. erase it and um, cross the line. The idea is to teach them how to cross the line, and you can use um, all kinds, because tracing and, and rubbings and wrappings are a way for kids to um, take note of and to save uh, shapes and forms. Uh, it's like touching forms. 
So they wrap it, rub it, put lines around it, and um, for that, that's an important process, a way of collecting things, images and forms and, and nature. Um, it's their souvenirs of what they've seen. But once you have that, what do you do with it as the art? So to really understand that, what is your contribution to it? Mm. Um, and um, you can do that very nicely with, with uh, all kinds of object traces outside, indoors and outdoors, uh, body, the human body, uh, your pet, if <laughs> to stand still. Um, but <laughs> the violin, as you said. Yeah. But in a way that the excitement that you show and the excitement that you try to instill and talk about is what are you going to do with this? You know, this, this, you captured some wonderful things. Yeah. Well, what can you do with it? The challenge, what can you do with it? It's becoming the art. And what I like about a lot of the things you were saying, though, in terms of the body tracings and the violin, they're, they're all kind of bigger. So I feel like you... You have this amazing space. Like when I've done body trace, tracings with students, it becomes this large space to yes. work with, right? Yes. And you can really like use your whole body to maneuver within the space that it's not just this tight little um, box that you've created for yourself, but you can kind of see, okay, this this is the shape. Now how can I uh, break, break through it? Yes. Um, which is yes. something I think is really important on a large level. I don't know why, but it definitely, because um, kids are so tight with their pencils. Yes. Right? It's just so tight. Uh, they're used to using them for math and science and everything else, but there's something really powerful about the larger shapes. And yes. once you have that, um, you have that freedom to use your whole body and, and break out from the shell. Perhaps it should really um, have a ceremony where you trace the body and you have a, a large tool, a large brush, a large sponge with color, whatever, and just break through the line. And everybody stands around you cheering and applauding. There you go. You'll never forget that. <laughs> <laughs> and that that's not only approved, it's not like your Montessori teacher, that here it's welcomed yes. and challenged. And those lines are just like any other lines that can go anywhere and can be led, you know, in any part of that, uh, that uh, tracing. It might be interesting, and I know this sounds crazy, but to even do that with like a coloring book page, I think it would be very cathartic for a lot yes. of kids who are so used to that very tight grip on the coloring page to, you know, say, okay, let's go beyond these lines. What happens if you don't use these lines at all? Could, could be interesting. Yes, one page to color. For one page that you can uh, make into non-art, that you can destroy, that you can um, um, absolutely um, create your own work over it. Yes. Or beyond it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the connection of the background and foreground. I mean, there are so many lessons there. But yes, you'd be happy to trade one co colored-in image for all those free uh, hops and skips and jumpings with you too mm -hmm. um, in that maze. Yeah. But the way I work in my own work is I've for many years now um, I work on very expensive rolls of paper, three, four hundred dollars for some of the rolls and I'm deathly afraid so <laughs> I make many, many 
um, drawing, starting with small sketches for the ideas of these paintings. Um, then I worked them up into the same size as my rolls of paper and uh, make also 30, 40 possibilities and, and then take one and uh, tape it to another. And, and then I cut out my own stencils, these large stencils, mm. uh, which are a combination of many different stencils that I've been working on. Um, but then when it goes down on this expensive paper, there is that less sweating, <laughs> less shaky hands. Uh, and then when I get used to it, when I get started, I almost play with the stencil. I mean, I don't object to rotating it, to, to uh, cutting it more, to, to readjusting it, to tearing it, with creating other edges and lines. Um, so it's, it's important to, to be able to make your own stencils, to play with your own stencils, and to have the kids understand it's what they create, what their idea, their, their, their plan is, and what, um, as opposed to what stays um, inside the lines. Um, I remember in school, at the end of the semester, you get all these notebooks in every subject. And that used to be my coloring book as a kid. <laughs> I didn't like the subjects. <laughs> so every one of my old notebooks was used very freely because I was, in a sense, trying to add color but also destroy the memory of the experience mm -hmm. of chemistry and, and physics and all these subjects. Uh, but they became a great adver uh, adversary, you know, with these uh, color marks on them. Yeah, it sounds very cathartic. And something you did in some ways years later with uh, when my grandmother was sick and she was in the hospital and you went over the, the doctor's orders and things like that from yes. the hospital. So yes. I think that, you All know, carried you through your, through your life, that idea of... Oh, yeah. um, I guess having some say over it to some extent, or having some ownership of it. Making or? my art on yeah. it, something that's given to you. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the teacher gives you the art, the paper directs you, the page directs you. Uh, the many newspapers, I used to collect newspapers from all over the world and draw and paint on them. Well, you know, it can be very constricting, you know, the lines left to right, the, the size of type, where the pictures are laid out. Mm -hmm. If you can be free, and I used to close always the lights when I made my drawings and paintings on them, so I did it in the dark for, in, initially. Wow. So yeah. I could feel the movement, and I try to dance out the forms and dance out the lines. But that can all be brought into class. Kids love to dance, they love to move freely, they love to work on the floor, which is, uh, first of all, you can free these coloring books or these uh, uh, artworks that are outlined or rubbed, these rubbings, um, just by placing them on chairs, floors, walls, uh, on the grass. And that already uh, makes a different kind of mark. I mean, you color in with, let's say, your... Um, your little um, Hot Wheel cars, you know, you just run them over the um, stamp pads yes. and you drive them over these. You know, you have this free movement 
and you create situations when there are free movements so you can cross your lines and borders I always think of lines as borders I won't I guess it's my upbringing. Yes. <laughs> uh, it was the breath of fresh air to be leave, leaving the border of Hungary and actually believing that we were free. And that's the feeling that you want kids to have, is the leaving the borders. Everything in art in Hungary and Vienna was done on graph paper. Wow. So you always had to oh. fight those borders, yet the teachers wanted you to keep... The first big hit I got on my hand from an art teacher because I was drawing an apple on a graph paper and I missed the line. Wow. So that hit stayed with me because uh, in, in... Yeah, it's like my coloring book experience. It stays yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. not exactly, but I don't think I was no, hit. But yes, it's, it's just, it's a, it does stay a with hit you. hit on your ego. So exactly. <laughs> but um, so you, you're... Art is, is this battle with the background, with the surface. Of course, you don't have that because you're always handed white sheets of paper uh, in art classes. Yeah. Uh, but in, in my class, we always have different kinds of targets and, and uh, baseball scorecards and uh, receipts. And um, the kids love using uh, music composition sheets. Yeah, those are great. So you're always, you're always fighting these lines and this instinct of coloring in versus composing over them. Yeah. So the composer doesn't color in his, you know, those little marks fly all over the composition page. One of the great things I, I put up once that uh, children so much enjoyed seeing is compositions from... Um, the masters and contemporary composers because they're drawings. Yes, they're and, beautiful. And um, showing them um, uh, choreographers' sheets as well. They're drawings for a dance. So learning to dance and move over surfaces that are caged out or outlined for you is the freedom that you want to experience in art. Yeah. And art is that experience of freedom. That's why we came to America. There you go. There you go. Well, thank you so much. This was a wonderful, a wonderful conversation. Um, and we hope to see you again soon. Have a playful and exciting week.